Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. We'll be doing that in a few moments, but first of all, why I'm still stood down here, there's just one or two things that I just need to make mention of. First of all, Josh, who's one of our pastors, and Helen, our kids' pastor, they've had a, a little girl. So, in time under fashion, if, if I may... It's not that they've fallen out already, it's just that Josh is leading here and in case Willow needs feeding and, and everything else, but am I okay to just disturb her? Is that okay? She's a little dot, she really is, She's, there's nothing on her. Uh, I'm not talking about Helen either now, I'm talking about the, but if I can just show, show her, she's absolutely beautiful and uh, here we go, she's saying, what are you doing to me? Okay, wait on. Okay. Okay. So we have a new addition, Willow Ann Turner. And we're delighted for you guys. Absolutely delighted. And we pray and we know that she'll be an absolute blessing to you. And she'll be a blessing to this church. And there's going to be a dedication service in a couple of weeks time and Willow will be dedicated there and we'll make some more comment about children but we want we love children in this church we think they're very precious and and uh, we really believe they're important in and the lifeblood of any church so it's wonderful eh shall I preach and hold her in my hand now won't I'll, I'll hand her back to dad have you got her got her yeah the second thing just to say I'll walk over here is we're full of announcements but Elliot, sorry if you're a guest here, but these are just some things that happen here, so they're not in-house. Elliot is one of our young lads in the church, even though he's flipping got his baseball cap on. Get your flipping (laughs) cap off him. No, I'm joking, you can put it on. He's having a bad hair day. Any men know what, some men would like to say, I'd like some hair, but anyway. um, Elliot has asked Sarah... To marry him. Hold on a minute. You don't know whether she said yes. Drum roll please. And she said yes. Just stand up. Let the people know I'm talking about. So here's Elliot and and Sarah. We're delighted for them. Absolutely delighted for them. We love it when young couples again. Not just children, but young couples in the life of the church. Some people ask me, why do you have so many young people and children in the church? Other pastors. I say to them, because we create an environment that's fun. An environment that's relevant for all ages. So if you're older, you're welcome. If you're younger, you're welcome. And we try and give a bit of flavoring for everybody. Just one final thing, if I could say this. And it's not just because it's uh, connected to to my daughter. But basically, this coming Friday... um, There's an open invitation to everyone because Jonathan, who's one of our fine young men in the church, and uh, I've wrote here, and my Annie, that's my eldest daughter, uh, are going to be married um, uh, at 12 noon. And it is 12 noon, isn't it, Richard? Fathers, I think it's 12 noon. I'm pretty sure it is 12. No, I'm not just joking. I'm pretty sure it is 12 noon, not just 12.15. It's 12 noon. 
it's, it's, it's impossible for us to invite the whole church, but you, you will need to understand, many of you have been here for a number of years, you've seen Annie and Jonathan grow. We'd love to invite everybody, but it's impossible for us to do that to the reception. But we'd just like to extend an invitation for you to come on Friday if you can be here. We have arranged for cakes and drinks afterwards. They're not, Jonathan and Annie aren't going to rush off. They're going to be around and just, you can mingle. And we'd just love to see you. Is that okay? So that's this, this, that's this Friday. And if, not, if you can't make it, please just pray for them. Uh, all of our young couples need prayer. Anybody been married for any length of time know what I'm talking about. You need prayer, don't you? When you... And the women said, Amen. Okay. You women said, Amen. Yeah, we know it. Okay. Joshua said, we're in, we're in now to our next season, and it's an, an important season that we're walking into. I'm mindful of time. I'm not going to take the rip. Uh, in terms of time, I know many of you have come for family and friends to see them baptized in water. But I just want to just share some simple thoughts. We're going to be starting a new series, and the new series that we're in just for the next three weeks is entitled Dangerous Distractions. Dangerous Distractions. And the point is we want to identify some of those distractions, and we'll do that possibly over week one and week two. And then into week three, it's meant to lead us into a time of focus. We're really going to focus on those things that we believe are really important to us. Now, just whilst you're here, if you would encourage me with, you know, phones open, not on Facebook, but, you know, on the place where you can make notes or pens and pads, because we really think it's important that we, you know, really take notes and really absorb the word to our hearts. Because I really believe that it's a word for people who are church people, you're Christians, and also for people who frankly aren't Christians. And there's numbers of you here today. And I hope that this message will stimulate some thought and reflection. And this series will just help us all to get a little more focused. But as I begin, I have to say I was chuckling to myself because there's a certain irony to this message series. Because I am often distracted. (laughs) Anybody else here suffer with the disease called distraction? Just help me this morning. I I, I am, I mean, I'm not talking a little bit. I'm talking massively. To the point where we talk about teachers. Joshua's a naughty boy. He's confessed that. He's put that on tape, okay, or on CD. But my problem wasn't naughtiness. It was distraction, and on more than one school report, it was written, Christian is easily distracted. I'm looking over at my mum and dad at the moment because they know it to be sure. And here I am teaching about distractions. You know, the other thought that I had around this was the distracted can often become the distraction. Ask my wife. Ask the staff. Because when I'm distracted, I become a distraction. So I'm now distracted. So I feel it's my divine right to distract anybody, everybody else. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I know it's irritating. And I'm asking the Lord to help me in this. But the point I'm making is this. I suffer with this disease called distraction. But here I am. God is using me over these next few weeks to teach into this subject. And what I love about it is God can use our weaknesses 
in the midst of this crazy world. Because the point is this, we live in a multi-choice world. Often we hear about multitasking. Well, I think there's a multi-choice. There never has been a generation more than today where there have been more options open to you. Options of jobs, it's now beyond you know, comprehension that somebody would stay in the same job for their entire working career, as used to happen 30, 40 years ago. Now people move jobs. There's greater travel. People are traveling more than they've ever done before. There are choices and options of different kinds of houses. And the TV, who likes the TV remote in their hand? Come on, men, show of hands. I mean, if you've got Sky or BT or Virgin or... I mean, you just get hundreds and hundreds of channels. There are so many options. Recreation, eating places. I mean, there are so many eating places. We are spoiled for choice. And the thing is, with these multi-options, they can often lead us to distraction. They can move us forward and they take us towards those things and they focus their attention on the temporal and the material. But what I want to look at over these few weeks is how we address the, these issues and remove ourselves from the distractions so we are utterly focused. You need to understand there is a battleground I'll be looking at this next week, so you'll have to come next week for the entire notes. But there is a battleground, there is a battlefield for your affections, for your appetites, and for your agendas. There is a battleground for your affections, for your appetites, and I'm not just talking about food, I'm talking about those things that we desire, and for our agendas, our diaries, our time, our 24 hours. And they can be hugely distracting. And so there has never been a time when we need to be more focused than today. Just before I get into a Bible verse, just turn with me, if you would, to Colossians in chapter 3. I just want to thank Rob, because Rob, just pre-summer, I said, many of you are going away on holiday and have a wonderful time and be refreshed, but don't forget to bring me back a stick of rock. And thank you to, to, to them here. They brought me a beautiful stick of rock from Perrinporth. Where's that? Cornwall, yes, I know. And he didn't know this, but it's my favorite, actually. This is my favorite, the original time. And no, you're not having a lick of it, okay, later. (laughs) So this is all mine. Kids, this is all mine. And I will be enjoying it later, but thank you so much. So let's launch into the word, shall we? Colossians 3 and verses 1 through to 2. And if you've not got your Bible because you're a visitor here, just look at it on the screen. This is what it says. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life, this is this new birth, this life following Jesus. If you're serious about it, then act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Christ is president over many things. And we need to pursue those things that Christ is president over. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up 
be alert to what, what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. These are sobering verses because this was happening 2,000 years ago. This has been happening over every generation. It just is more and more apparent now and more and more pronounced because of the stuff that's around our world. We live in a world that is utterly distracted. Now, let me define a distraction. A distraction is something that throws you off course. It throws you off course. It moves you in a different direction. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Moses. Most of us know him, even if we're not churchgoers, because he was the one who parted the Red Sea. The thing about Moses is this. He was called to lead a nation out of Egypt into a land that had been promised by God. This land was a good land. It was their land. God had given it to them. All they needed to do was get out of Egypt, which was a journey, and walk towards it. This journey, even with a few million people, should have only have taken 11 days, about 11 days. It wasn't a vast journey. It was by foot with animals and what they've carried off. But they were, he just basically says to them, look, this is the land, Moses. Lead the people into it. But this journey that was, should have been 11 days took 40 years. 40 blooming years. My goodness, Moses must have been tearing his hair out. The impatience of him. I mean, you know, it's like me being asked to do something or me asking somebody to do something. I want it done immediately. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The impatience of, uh, of me. But here we have a journey of 11 days and it's 40 years later that Moses is entering into the land that had been given to them. Why did it take them so long? Well, because they wandered in their disobedience. The people were utterly disobedient. They were arrogant. They were prideful. And if there's ever been a time, I'm sorry to say this, in the world where there's such arrogance and such pride around, it's today. We've got politicians and superstars and film stars and business leaders making all kinds of declaration. They do not know who holds this earth together, this world together. It's not them. It's not their money. It's God. They might not see him, but I'm telling you, he is real. And we live in such a prideful environment. They were also consumed with their own desires and their own wants. They were distracted by stuff. And they were worshipping created things, not the creator of all things. So their eyes came off God. And as we've been here this morning worshipping, and again, for those who don't know, just hands lifted. It's just worship to God. We just can't help ourselves. We sing loudly. Some people even jump those are a bit fit and we clap our hands because we just are enjoying God's presence. And it's worship. Now our whole lives is worship, but this is what we've done this morning. But what these people were doing, they weren't worshipping God. They were now worshipping idols and they were worshipping carved stones. And I know we're not doing that. You haven't got them in your house, but we can often worship cars. I have to watch myself on Auto Trader. Seriously. I love looking at cars and whatever, and I just find myself, if I'm not careful, 
looking at too many cars and that fills my attention. I mean, Josh doesn't help me with it because he'll see me. Have you seen this car? Have you seen this car? No, I'm going to buy it. I just look at it. You know, I, I have to confess again. Sorry, ladies, the football window has just now closed. It was open. I was just on the news seeing who's moved there, who's changed there, who's ch- You know, and I know that you could say, that's fine. It can be fine, but it can become consuming. That's what I'm talking Consuming, you become distracted. What, what's distracting you? What's distracting you? Because the world is utterly distracted. And the world doesn't just live out of distraction, it lives out of worship. Worship to things other than God. So the issue with this group that Moses was trying to lead is they were utterly distracted. They really were. So, I've got some thoughts around this that I just want to share in these few minutes that we've got together. And if you could just turn with me to Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39. It says here that we need to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds. And then it goes on to say in verse 39, and we need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Most people would know this. We need to love God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds. And then we're called to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. These are two thoughts or two focuses or two commands because they're actually commandments. The first one is a commandment. The second one is a commandment to love God and to love our neighbor. Everybody say love God Everybody say, love God and love our neighbor. You know, I used to, very early on in my time of moving here, which was, um, you know, in uh, uh, 2000, year 2000, it's crazy really because I had a business down south. That was predominantly where it was. And for about five years, I would drive three times a week, and drive down to St. Albans, do a full day shift. I had to open up the office for about half past eight in the morning, so you know what time I'm having to leave with the tra- traffic, to open the office up, and then I would close the office at six and drive back. I did that three times a week for five years. I was putting on like 35-odd thousand miles I had a Rover 420 SD that served me really, really well in in that time. But what I found was that I used to drive the journey and then I'd sometimes drop home and think, I can't remember that journey at all. How did I get home? Has anybody ever experienced that? Because what had happened was I just got into the zone I'd got onto autopilot, autopilot, and for huge chunks of that travel time, I was genuinely switched off. Why? Because I'd become familiar with the journey. I'd become very familiar with the journey. This is the point I want to make, because this can be a massive distraction. When something or someone becomes too familiar, be careful it doesn't become valueless. When something or someone becomes too familiar, be careful it doesn't become 
valueless. Remember, we're to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our minds. And we're called to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. The point is this, we can easily become distracted by those things that have become familiar to us. Are you with me? And instead of being lovers of God and worshippers of God, we now become familiar with God and we waltz into his presence and we come out and, well, if we want to be there, we will. If I don't, I don't. If I want to turn up this morning, I will. If I don't, I don't. You know, I'm not bothered about prayer. I'm not bothered about really just pleasing God. Or just do. We become familiar. Or we're still. We read a few verses. We've done our bit. And we get on with our lives. I'm not talking about sinfulness, huge sin. I'm just talking about we become over-familiar. And we're called to love God and we're called to love people and we can become over-familiar with those who are closest to us. Can I just say, husbands, let's not become over-familiar with our wives so we lose the love and the joy of being together. And wives, the same. The same with the kids that God has blessed us with. Yeah, I know some of you are rejoicing that they're going back to school, but... I'm telling you, it's been very sobering. Many of you have gone before me on this. It's been a sobering thought to think that our eldest daughter is no longer going to be living in our home. The time has come and gone so quickly. And we can easily become too familiar with those things. And if we're not careful, they become valueless. You see, the thing is, we can often choose what is good over what is meant to be great. There are some things that can stop us from moving into all that God has for us is because we're enjoying the good. The good can be a distraction to the greater. Are you still with me? The good, the good things in our lives can be a distraction to the greater that God wants to do in you. Take us back to those verses in Colossians that we read and the writer says we can easily become absorbed absorbed with the things in front of us. They become our focus. They become our attention. And they're good things, but actually there's something that God is wanting to set, which is greater than the good. My move here, our move here with our family, we've talked about this even recently from Milton Keynes. There was, Milton Keynes was great. It, I mean, God, it was a good church. We loved our time there. But there was something greater that God wanted to bring us into. It was called Ilkeston. It didn't feel great at the time, but I want to tell you, this has become great for us. We absolutely love what God is doing in people's lives and all that God is doing amongst us. We love it. We, but we could have easily become distracted by that which is God. No, we're staying in the God. I remember when I was... Um, Challenged to give up my job and to go and, and give, give a year out. And I want to tell you, I didn't give my job up because I hated my job. I actually loved my job. I worked for TSB Bank. I loved it. Even to the point on my 18th birthday cake, they, they actually got me a picture, uh, cake of a checkbook. <laughs> TSB on it. I loved my job. I really did. You may say a saddo, that's fine. But I was taught by mom and dad to just... When you do something, give, give your all to it. So I gave my all to the job and just gave everything. And I loved what I did. It wasn't like, oh, get me out of here. I don't want to be in this job. I actually loved the job. It could have been easy for me to enjoy the God, but there was something greater that God was wanting to draw from me. And oftentimes, God can be the 
enemy of great. You know, and oftentimes distraction is not just those apparent sins. It can be a good career. It can be financial stability. It can be a safe life. What if God is calling you to risk it all on him? And lastly, I wonder if the musicians would come. Please. Not only can we become familiar, not only can we just stay in the good over the great, but I honestly think in this introductory message of dangerous distractions, we need to make sure that we pursue the things that Christ presides over. That's verse that says we need to pursue those things which Christ presides over. We need to pursue those things. You know, I have to confess, this is where it came from. A number of weeks ago, I was sat in a coffee shop, having a cup of coffee, as you do, in a coffee shop. Bit of a joke there, but anyway, we'll move on. You can have a tea or a latte or whatever, but anyway, I was having a coffee. Caroline said to me, she says, Christian, you have become distracted. You have become very, very distracted. Whoa. What have I become distracted by? Some of you know we've had the issue last year. We had a building burned down and it's created a lot of financial challenges for here. Because we haven't, the insurance company won't pay out and there's numbers of reasons why. And, and she said, you become very distracted by that. It's become oppression to you. I didn't even realize it, but I knew it. As soon as she said it, I thought, she's right. And then there was one or two other things she just gently, lovingly challenged me with. And she was right. I'd become distracted. And I realized that I needed to just come back to where I was at the beginning of the year where we were very focused on loving God and loving lost people and this is where this message has come from this series always out of something personal that happens and I just felt as a church it just draws us back because I get the feeling not bad that some of you are very distracted and I've been distracted for a little while God just lovingly comes to you as my wife did and she was loving she just says come on Get back on focus to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And to love your neighbor, that's everybody, as you love yourself. This will be in week three, so you've got weeks two, you need to still come week three. We're just going to talk about lostness. People are lost. You might be here, you may say, I don't want to hear that I'm lost, I'm not lost, I know where I am. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about in here I talk to a lot of people and they've got it all together and they have but there's something internal that's just I'm, I'm not talking to anybody you just you just anybody on it that just you know it's missing it's called lostness 94% of people today and I'm being kind I think it's higher will not be in a church have no understanding of God I'm going to use a bold statement, but they're going to a lossless eternity without Jesus. I don't say that arrogantly. I say that lovingly because there is an open invitation 
that God has extended to us by sending Jesus into the world. He made a way. I was praying this morning. He paid the price for my sins. He's, he's paid it. The only thing that can stop that, Sean, is me turning away from that. He's already paid it. He's already paid for your sins. He's already paid for your pain. He's already paid for your... You may say, well, I don't want him paying for it. He already has. Go and argue with him. Have some time with him on your knees. Go and argue with him. But he's already paid it. He's paid the price for our sin. Because he loves us. I wonder if we'd just bow our heads in prayer. Oh my, oh my, we can easily be distracted. And I just pray across this congregation, just close your eyes, just as a moment of just silence with you. And even if you're not a believer, I just still want to pray for you. Because you might just be like, Christian, oh, this is so for me, I feel really distracted. I feel tempted to go and do some things. Things are pulling at me. I get it, I get it. And I'm just going to pray for you. God, over this congregation, Lord, you just help us with this disease called distraction because of the options that are in this world. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd help every single one of us to be focused on those things that are really, really important. Our relationships, our relationships, quality time. Those who love you, time with you, Jesus the church that we wouldn't be distracted while every eye is closed if you say Christian I really would like prayer you know I feel lost I feel a bit all at sea you may not be ready to commit your life to Jesus yet but I can still pray for you and God will still hear your prayer or it may be you are ready to just go all in for Jesus. While every eye is closed and head is bowed, honestly, we'll respect the privacy. We're not going to embarrass you. But in this moment, if you say, Christian, I'd like some prayer. I wonder if you'd just raise your hand. Just put your hand up quickly. Then put it down again. Really believe there's some people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else today? Yeah, hands that are going up. Yeah. Hands that are going up. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you are saying, I want to go all in for Jesus. Some of you are saying, I just need some prayer. Anybody else? Just going to linger for another second or so. Is there anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Father, today, I just pray for every single person who's just lifted their hand, whether they're saying they want to go all in for you, I pray, Lord, that that would be it today. That would be the decision that they make. It's not even about filling a card out. They'll make the decision in their heart and they'll follow it through. And I pray, Lord, that what you're doing in people's lives would be real. It is real and it would be real to them. The change that's occurring. Lord, that there would be a forgiveness that flows towards them. Some of them just pretty much feel a bit rubbish. But Lord, that you'd remove all the junk. Lord, those who just feel a little bit all at sea. They're not wanting yet to launch into the deep, but I just pray that you would speak with them, that when they speak with you, you would show yourself to be real to them and you'd love them. You're pouring your love. Lots of people here from different backgrounds. Lord Jesus, that you pour out your love and your grace upon every person. 
And we ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Josh has already said the Connect cards. He did it so well.